Dad, you know how you were saying I need to do more, be more, the whole fast fiber thing? Yes. Anyways, I saw that Vox is offering free standard installation and activation to the value of 3,000 rands. <laughs> That is a good deal. With the money you save, I can buy some new skins for Fortnite. Talk about money in the bank. With free activation to the value of 3,000 Rand. Live smart. Hack life. Level up with Vox Fiber. Visit vox.co.za. T's and C's apply. I'm Richard Verberg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 253, for the week starting 3 March 2019. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. WhatsApp the show, 71 On Talk Central this week, Vodacom fumbles the ball. Also on the show, another streaming service launched in South Africa, Blue Label's Tough Week, and Energizer's insane 18,000 milliamp hour battery phone. <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy. It's Sunday afternoon, it's 1pm, we're live streaming at live.techcentral.co.za and it's time to talk everything tech. Oh, welcome to the show. How's it, Rechot? How's it, Duncan? Um, I think we said on last week's show that we wouldn't be recording this weekend because you were going to be away in Debs, but yeah. um, you, uh, you've postponed your plans, so I'm very pleased to say we're having a podcast today. No, I just pushed it around. <laughs> <laughs> but you're away next week now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we'll be back with the show again in two weeks' time, but uh, it's good to chat to you. Um, it's a bit warm today, but... Uh, we shall persevere. I'm so swel- I was just saying before the show, I'm really sweltering in my uh, my home studio here. Um, it's uh, probably about 35 degrees outside, would you say? Just on your side of Joburg, it's quite pleasant. <laughs> yeah, there's a little breeze coming through. It's not too bad. Mm. Look, I also don't have a built-in soundproof studio. That could also be part of your heat yeah, yeah, I've got but you've got a you've got an aircon in there, so you should be sorted, right? Yeah, I haven't switched it on though. I should have. Um, wasn't thinking. <laughs> um, background noise. See, I'm thinking of the listeners. We, we do we don't want any oh, background right. noise All on right. this show. Uh, we, we, the the hardy dolls are bad enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> True that every morning. Yeah, for sure. But there's a lot to talk about this week. Um, of course, Mobile World Congress is just wrapped up in Barcelona, and we'll be touching on a little bit of the news coming out of there. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let's do our quiz. The first question, which JSC tech stock slumped 25% in one day this week after posting disappointing financial results? And Celsius CEO Jose Dos Santos has stepped down after five years in the role. Who has replaced him in, in an interim capacity? Third question, Icasa took multi-choice to task this week for proceeding with its listing despite a complaint against the listing by which non-profit entity? And SpaceX launched an unmanned crew dragon uh, craft from Florida to the International Space Station early on Saturday. Did you watch this, Rechard? I didn't watch it live. I saw it after the fact. Uh, that little Earth globe that they put in the seat was pretty cool. Oh, that was quite cool. <laughs> and all the SpaceX employees waving that little mascot around as well. Yeah, um, cool. But it was seen as a milestone for Elon Musk's goal of enabling humans to live on other planets. Now, on board was a dummy astronaut. Uh, what was the name of the dummy astronaut? <laughs> very cool, actually, very cool. And the final question. Liquid Telecom said this week it has signed the first roaming client for its new wholesale 4G LTE network. Who is the client? As always, the answer's at the end of the show, but let's dive right into this week's news. And, of course, we've just concluded Mobile World Congress uh, and um, there were some some big announcements. Um, I think I think the the product of the show had to have been the Mate X from Huawei, uh, mm. which looked very impressive. It's going to be coming to South Africa uh, probably around the middle of this year. This is uh, Huawei's foldable phone, and I must say I'm very impressed with it. I think it's um, it's blown Samsung's one, which was announced just a week earlier, out of the water. Oh yeah, look, Huawei is certainly now a brand you don't mess with. I think uh, they're, going to, they're going to show up everybody with new tech uh, in the coming seasons, yeah. I think. It's, the first so it's interesting to see. I mean, I've, I've expressed some um, skepticism about folding phones in previous podcasts, I think as recently as last week's show. But <laughs> yeah. the Mate X, uh, when I saw this thing, I thought, actually, maybe they're onto something. Mm. Um, Look, they got the. They, I think they got the. I mean, there's a few factors here. The, the size, obviously, they got it. Samsung's was still a bit chunky. It looked like a first gen, hmm. yet to be released product. Where this one looked like something you'd want to pick up. 
today yeah. and use. Um, also, the way it folds, it folds outwards, not inwards, like the Samsung. So yeah. the Samsung, and I think that's also maybe a, a slight difference in in why they managed to get such a nice phone and why it works so well, because you want to use those screens, right, when you fold it. Yeah. I, I still won't buy a first-generation one, and not just because they're insanely expensive, but um, I'm, I'm worried about re- the repeated fold and what impact that's going to have on the screen, and does it does it start to cause problems after a while? And I think, as with all consumer tech, it's going to take a couple of generations for them to perfect it. But yeah. um, out the blocks, out of the starting blocks, it's looking pretty good. Although um, there were both the Samsung and the Huawei dev- folding phones were hidden behind glass at uh, at Mobile World Congress, and so no one could actually mm. touch them. Um, I wonder why they did that. Uh, but it looks impressive. If if it doesn't break uh, within the first few weeks of using it, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure they're going to sell a lot of them, even at that high price point. Oh yeah, there's always somebody for that. Yeah. But there's there was there's actually been a few YouTube videos out, um, and one in particular from the guys at Pocket now, well worth checking out, where they actually have a hands-on. I don't know how they managed to do it, but they've got some proper hands-on time with the Mate X, and they show yeah. some nice close-up video of it. And it looks it looks like it, they did their homework, and this thing is working well. Yeah. I mean, yes, obviously you can uh, argue the durability of it fold. But, you know, they've got testing machines these days that put those things sure. through 300,000 300, tests. Um, so they would know kind of to some degree how long that thing will last. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I would I would put my money behind Huawei's if I look at the two um, yeah. compared to Samsung's without a doubt. Yeah. But uh, just to, to – um, uh, if any listeners haven't heard the price of these things, the Samsung one is, <laughs> is going to retail for 1980 U.S. dollars. Um, so at the at the bare minimum, we're looking about thirty five thousand rand, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and then the Huawei one is going to retail for two thousand seven hundred dollars. Um, so probably close to fifty grand, if not slightly over fifty grand for a phone. Uh, we were complaining about the price of the of the new iPhones. <laughs> this mm. just blows that out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want the latest and greatest, you're gonna have to cough up the money. Yeah. But imagine that gratification if you want to be the only person at the table unfolding one of these when you're checking your email. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be that guy, and I'm not gonna lie to you, but um, yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be people who want that. Yeah, for sure, and and we'll see them in this market. People will be buying them, even at that oh, yeah. price point. Look, contracts do make it a lot easier, and I'm sure the big operators are going to come out with some uh, interesting contract packages, but obviously around the one five, two thousand rand mark, yeah. I would imagine, if yes. not more. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's an interesting time in, in mobile phones. I mean, we, we, we were saying in a recent podcast that the smartphone market has become kind of samey. Um, the, mm. uh, the phones all look the same now, these big square or rectangular slabs of screen. Um, but uh, this... Uh, these devices really transform things and and, and show that uh, it'll show where the innovation in the sec- next level of innovation in the sector may be coming from. And it's interesting that it's being driven by the Android manufacturers and not by Apple. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. And 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 again, we've seen a lot of good things from Huawei. And and uh, I mean, they, obviously, I bought my phone, so I chose to upgrade to that Mate 20, and I'm still surprised at how good that device is. Yes. And it's it's for the first time in a long time that I really feel like my phone has got a proper use in my life. I mean, I often tell people when I show people the phone when we talk about kind of phones and stuff. Um, I mean, the, you know, when you can start using the, the, the camera for production work and the screen just is on point all the time mm. for, for anything from reading large documents um, to doing little basic edits on screen with whatever you want to do. I mean, it's, it's so awesome to be able to use this thing instead of a PC, obviously with limited usage. Yeah. Um, and it's the first time me as a consumer have had access to that thing in, in, in the shape of this Mate 20. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's just obviously just one device, but... Uh, I'm very happy with it. Very happy with where we are with technology. Yeah, I was interested just talking about Apple and Android. I was very interested to see that um, uh, Steve Wozniak said in, in an interview uh, with an American news network that uh, he wants a foldable phone from Apple. He was almost pleading with Apple. Um, <laughs> I want one of these things. I think a lot of people pointed out on social media to him, well, why don't you just buy the Huawei? Uh, <laughs> I suppose as the co-founder of Apple, he f- feels some allegiance to uh, to the company he co-founded, uh, I think even for Apple, it will be way too expensive and way too niche. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, the only reason why these guys are getting it right is because you know they largely the manufacturers of their own technology. Mm. Uh, Apple, I mean, they have people that do it for them, but they don't own their own factories, right? These mm. guys do. Samsungs and the Huawei's. Mm. 
So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, what, what does Apple do in response to this? Do they do anything? Do they need to do anything? Um, do we need to see an, a, a foldable iPhone this year or next year? I don't know. I think the iPad plays pretty strong. Um, I think this is a comp- this is this is trying to compete with a tablet market again, trying to yeah. give people the best of both worlds at least. You know, we we've gone through the tablet stage, and our tablets are standard. Mm. Um, I can see this very much. Once once it's I guess once that brain that fold um, works hundred percent all the time. Yeah. So uh, in in the, just, in the long term, does uh, do foldable phones kill the tablet market? I think so. Why would you have a big bulk? I mean, tablets are fantastic for every reason but portability. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you have a big screen, if you can unfold a small thing to a big screen, Mm. problem solved. Um, Perhaps there's some niches where tablets like the Pro, you might not want a foldable tech because you want a more solid large screen glass top type device. You know, I can imagine that would still remain it, it remain in its top spot of uh, for for tablet users. But yeah. for everybody else, like when I'm, I mean, where do we use your phones when you're sitting, reading, waiting for something in the morning when you're catching up with the news in the mm. evening, just before you go to bed? That's when you really want that large screen device. Yeah. It's just it's just spoiling us with the tech. I think yeah. we don't need it, but it's such a nice to have. Mm. Yeah, again, I certainly won't be buying one of these first gen ones, but it, it's quite exciting to see where the potential is and where this is going and you can be sure in three years time that uh, you know a product like the mate x will be available sort of in the sort of conventional phone price category around the thousand dollar level probably if not oh, yeah. I'm, i don't i don't think the technology is that much more expensive well should be well will be that much more expensive in the future obviously when uh, when production increases it's mm. just a larger panel that i mean all panels these days can fold it's just that layer in front of it that needs to be uh, you know, have proper rigidity when it folds out yeah. a thousand times. Yes. Um, well, but I would love to have one of those in my hands right now just to kind of feel that bend, you know, the click. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the sign of a good device, right? Yeah. And that would be interesting to see. And can you imagine the stairs you're going to get at your local coffee shop as you unfold your phone? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some appeal there. <laughs> it's like, remember the old days of shaking the newspaper as you unfold it? You have that little shake just to yes. get a crease out. You know? You need an app that can give you that same feeling in the morning when you open the, the Sunday Times. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that's sorry. That's the hmm. other part of this whole foldable phone thing: development support for it. Because yeah. that's the other trick. Um, how do how do apps fold and move and bend? So, I, I was skeptical last year if all the developers were going to jump on board. But now, with the amount of phones we've seen, I've got no doubt that most of the big players, including Facebook, Instagram, and those guys, hmm. are, are thinking of ways that they can make use of this in a very yeah. interesting way but that is that is, uh, developer support is a, is a good point um, if you buy one of these things right now you're almost certainly going to run into compatibility issues and apps that don't support it and that sort of thing now i know that um both huawei and samsung have done a lot of work, work in the software themselves but i suppose we need to see native support for these foldable devices coming into android in the next release yeah definitely but kind of just, I don't know if you, you were thinking about talking about this particular product, but I'm almost more excited about the new HoloLens 2 technology. Because oh, that, that is so again, cool. That is so cool. It's so much closer to, uh, you know, that ultimate idea of having a digital overlay to everything in your real world. Mm. Yeah, those new HoloLenses look very cool. I, I'd love to get my hands on them. I wish they'd sell them here in South Africa. Mm. Um, yeah, they're oh, inter- yeah. Oh, inter- yeah. interesting they announced that product at Mobile World Congress. Uh, well, I mean, if it's a portable thing now. It's mm. completely free of wires from what I could see. So mm. it's it's a mobile device. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. again, you know, if you if you have anything on your mobile screen, on your glasses, okay, this is still a big, bigger version, but eventually we'll get to the point where I can just put on my my specs and that tech will be embedded in that lens. Yes. That's, that's kind of the ultimate outcome to this. Yeah. You'll buy your Ray-Bans powered by Microsoft HoloLens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, or even of, even the smartphone manufacturers will bring out, um, you know, because essentially it's just an overlay. And you can see all these guys going into camera tech. Mm. Look at how clever these cameras are. I mean, not even talking about Nokia's weird array yeah. of cameras on that new phone. But that's that's almost going to negate for me as a as a as a spectacle user, spec user, um, aware at least. It will negate the need for any foldable phone. I will just need something in my pocket. My my aunt's, my my glasses will display everything else. Yeah, yeah, we're heading there. The, the early attempts at at, um, at that sort of um, eyewear wearable type stuff it wasn't very successful. Google Google mm. Glass was very mm. sort of primitive. 
Um, and it was good for developers, but I think mm. it, people got too excited about it and adopted it as like, oh, this is something we can actually use day to day, which yeah. obviously didn't work. I think we still need the silicon to shrink some more and um, mm. battery life to improve and that sort of thing before these things become really svelte and you know you feel really feel comfortable wearing these out and about. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't oh, yeah. want to walk down the street wearing a pair of Hololens. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. But did you see? I mean, again, another bridge to that technology is our phones are just going to allow a lot more AR. Obviously, we've seen that yeah. uh, Google Google has now tested uh, Google Maps in um, augmented reality. So you just hold up your phone and it shows you the real world with arrows um, over the image, so that you know where to go. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna see the merger of those two. I mean, in a, in a year or two, we're gonna be having this conversation, and mm. they're gonna be so close. Probably, uh, it's just. Which which device do you choose for you? something you hold in your hand or something you wear in your face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting times, and uh, I thought this was the most exciting mobile congress we've seen in quite a few years, actually, from the consumer electronics perspective. Um, some really cool oh, yeah. stuff being announced. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And, and, and it's, it's, you know, we're getting back to a little bit of Huawei, but that MateBook of theirs also looks pretty impressive. Oh, very good, very good. I mean. I didn't expect this from them at all. I know they were in the PC market. Obviously, they, they make a lot of things, but that is a proper Mac Mac competitor. Yeah, yeah. Now I've played with the previous generation. I haven't seen this new one that they've announced, but the um, the previous generation, which is available in retail stores here in South Africa, and I've, I've had a look at it, and it's it's an impressive piece of kit. Mm, mm. No, they're definitely angry to take on the tech market. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, big player in the PC market soon too, by the looks of it. Mm. Um, but before we move on from Mobile World Congress, Rachel, um, something that you actually caught both of our attention was this announcement by Energizer, the <laughs> battery company um, of a new f- – do we call it a phone or do we call it a battery uh, – is it a – battery it a, bank. <laughs> a battery bank that just happens to have a phone attached to it. Well, the phone attached to it is not a bad phone. I'm not going to lie to you. I yeah. mean, with a 6.2-inch screen, 6 gigs RAM, hmm. uh, 2-gig processor, uh, it's not bad. Um, but, yeah, we were, we, were just, I mean, we were all complaining about battery life on devices for the longest time, right? And now a company is giving us this incredible battery with a screen attached to it. And this is the result. I yeah. think it's a bit, it's a bit ridiculous in, in terms of the thickness. And we were just saying before the show, we needed something in between. I mean, this is pulling it a bit far, but uh, imagine your current phone just two millimeters thicker yeah. just to have that extra day, t- day battery. I mean, we don't need five-day battery life. We need mm. proper two-and-a-half, two-two-and-a-half-day battery life. You're right, and I think the manufacturers are focused too much on making these things as thin as possible, and Apple's certainly to blame there. I think Samsung as well. Um, and when we've seen the battery life suffer, the iPhone has never had great battery life. Um, the, the, historically, the Samsung Galaxy series has also not had great battery life, although apparently the new S10 has got pretty decent battery life. But I think I think Huawei, again, has started to show the way with a Mate 20 Pro, which um, in effect, if you don't use it heavily, has two-day battery life. And if you use it very heavily, you're still going to get through it through a day with one charge, which is a remarkable um, and I, I, you're right. I, I would, I would, I would actually prefer to have a slightly thicker phone if it means I can, if I can use the phone right through the day. Yeah, I mean, imagine what other things I could make. I'd probably put a much better camera in there too, because I'm not going for the thinnest. Mm. So now all of a sudden you can have a slightly bigger sensor. You, you know, there's a lot of benefits with. I mean, obviously we don't design them. I'm sure there's going to be other flaws, but it's certainly not about the thinnest anymore. Mm. Although apparently the Energizer phone has a cam- camera bump. Can you believe it? <laughs> 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 so they couldn't read oh, yeah, I can see it on the image now I didn't actually notice that that is very so that maybe it's just a bunch of pen lights in there that's why they couldn't remove the bump <laughs> oh you think it's just triple A's or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly rechargeable mind you rechargeable triple A's <laughs> but it's a but, cool, um, cool looking yeah, phone I'd love to actually uh, get it in my hands and feel how heavy it is and uh, how practical it would be to own one I, I think if it's a bit overboard to be honest um, it's for your millennial who wants to go hiking in the forest because yeah. they're going to get lost probably and they need a way mm. to get home. Right? Well, I was thinking that um, <laughs> actually that sort of, uh, you know, if, you're, um, if you travel in remote places, for example, where there's no electricity and on this continent there are plenty of people who work in things like mining and agriculture and that sort of thing. You know, you, you, might, you might be working on a mine in the DRC. You, you don't know when you're going to have reliable access to electricity to charge your device. Um, this a device like this could make perfect sense because you um, you 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 know you're going to get three four five six seven days of battery life. 
uh, and you don't need to worry about carrying extra battery banks around or, oh, yeah. um, or, or worrying where you're going to charge your phone next because your phone is just going to last. And I would imagine that in that sort of environment, in, in, an, in an environment where you're not, you're not sure about energy supply, and it's not only in mining, mm. you, you could mm. be going on a five-day hike in the Drakensberg. I'm mm. sure you're going to be lugging a bit of extra weight around with the size of the battery, but at least you know you've got a, f- a phone with you and people will be able to get hold of you through the duration of your five-day trip. Yeah, somebody like Garmin should attach themselves to something like this and just get their devices to obviously outlast. But so, so this device does 90 hours on uh, for talk time and uh, offers 50 days of standby time. And if you play music, it'll give you about 100 hours. So, mm. yes, it'll address those needs 100% in remote areas. You just yeah. need your battery to last for X amount yes. uh, of time. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, there is, a, there is a weight trade-off, obviously. Have you got the specs in front of you there? How much does it weigh? Uh, I was just looking at it. No, uh, no I can't find no. the, the weight. I was looking at something. Yeah, it's not giving the weight. Yeah, okay. maybe they didn't give it. I'll see if I can find another one. I mean, eighteen thousand milliampere hours. I'm imagining this phone weighs at least four hundred grams. Oh yeah, I mean that is. I've got a ten thousand milliampere hour battery bank, and that thing you can feel it when you're carrying it around. It's yeah. not the lightest device. Yes. Um, another, you know, just on the battery bank uh, kind of topic, I've been noticing that my battery banks don't charge a lot of the new phones. There's definitely oh. something different, and this is a this is a proper powerful battery bank. Uh, Interesting. Every now and then I get a phone that I'm playing with, it just doesn't charge these new devices. Interesting. Wonder if it's something to do with USB-C. Uh, it could be my, my one plus five, for example, didn't charge. It, it couldn't be charged with, and it's mm. got a two amp out, so it's got a it's got a higher um, amp yeah amp output yeah yeah. I, I hate the, speaking of of, of new tech. Um, the, uh, the the fact that these phone companies are ditching um, the three point five millimeter audio jack is really driving me nuts. I'm very glad to see that it's still there in the new Galaxy S10. Uh, I think Samsung is the only major manufacturer that hasn't ditched it, and and kudos to them. But um, I've got now got these dongles for everything. For my iPad, I've got a dongle. For my uh, and and for my Huawei, I've got a dongle. Now I got the I got a dongle came in the box with my Huawei phone, and I thought, okay, well that's fine. I can just use this dongle when I want to listen to music on my iPad. No, I plugged it into uh, my headphones in, and plugged it into my iPad, and it popped up a warning on the screen saying you're not using a compatible USB-C. Um, uh, adapter uh, and if true enough the music wouldn't play at full volume it was very quiet so what did I do I trudged off to the iStore paid a huge amount for the a- official Apple adapter plugged it into my iPad and my headphones worked fine and I, I mean let's be honest the tech if it connects and it works it's it's software that's manipulating mm. it it's there's no other reason it's not that if they, if they made it open for everybody to share that beautiful yeah. port you, you wouldn't have this problem. But yeah, yeah, it's all about the accessories, right? It's about the accessories. And that's what this was all about since the beginning. And, and Apple's not only to blame. I plugged the app, official Apple uh, uh, dongle into obviously in my headphones. And then I plugged that into my Huawei phone. And the Huawei phone popped up an error message saying you're not using an official compatible adapter. And the quality of your music oh, no. playback is not going to be good enough. What <laughs> are these companies doing? <laughs> well, I mean, they're owning their ecosystem, right? They're just following Apple's lead. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how you make money. That's how you become a trillion-dollar company. But it's anti-consumer. I mean, you know, sure, okay, maybe there's a case to be made. I don't buy it, but maybe there's a case to be made for ditching the 3.5-millimeter headphone jack if you want to make these phones ultra-thin. But at least make sure that the technology and the adapters are compatible with each other. Yeah, exactly. Don't exploit the customer just because you want to make 200 rand extra on a charging cable. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we'd, we'd certainly be buying. I mean, I love buying accessories, original branded accessories for my stuff. You know, I love buying it. It's, it's like nice little upgrades every now and then. But what what these companies are doing is they're making it too expensive for you to do it to, to buy and enjoy those accessories. So mm. now I'm thinking twice about buying an original accessory. And if it's too expensive, I'll just buy another brand. Yeah, yeah. But now, unfortunately, they they've latched onto that. Now you, they're penalizing you. Yeah. So if you buy a generic. Off-brand adapter? Will it work? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. You know. And I, and at the i store, I had to pay two hundred rand for this little piece of plastic. To what does to it cost to make? Can't be a few, more than a few cents. A few really. cents, probably. Yeah. I yeah, mean, uh, maybe maybe a few rand at, at worst. Um, so the margin on this must be insane. Um, and, and yeah, that, I mean, and that's why they did it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact that they don't even bundle these things properly with a lot of these devices. I believe the new iPhones don't all come with um, adapters, do they? 
No, they don't. My iPad didn't come with an adapter, so I had to go and buy one. Um, my Huawei came with an adapter in the box. Kudos to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, no, Apple's not going to include the adapter. You have to go buy that separately. How do you think they're going to skim the cream off the top? <laughs> As if the device itself wasn't expensive enough. <laughs> Oh, that's what we lovinate about this beautiful tech industry, right? <laughs> oh, it's going to come back and bite them at some point. I hope it does. Mm, mm, oh, definitely. Mm. Look, I mean, these, we, 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 things can't go on like this forever. I mean, there's too many. There's, there's so many players. I mean, consumers are obviously, you know, drifting towards a few of the big players. Yeah. Um, and we'll see a lot of movement. I mean, I'm sure there'll come a time when somebody is a company bigger than Apple with, mm. you know, a new nanotechnology smartphone to embed in your ear or something. (laughs) (laughs) While we're picking on companies, let's let's move on to our next topic. Um, And uh, we're going to have a pick on Vodacom. What a shambles. What a PR disaster this week. So um, Andrew Fraser, who's a a friend, a good friend of the show, who's who's been on the show a a number of times in the past, um, picked up, uh, I'm not sure where he found it exactly, but he found a web page on Vodacom's website, um, which outlined their plans um, ahead of the, this week's introduction of ICASA's data expiry regulations uh, that said that, um, that clearly s- set out that Vodacom was uh, planning to charge you if you wanted data rollover on your bundle. Now, this is clearly very much go in the you know against the spirit of the ACASA regulations, which didn't explicitly state that companies should offer this for free. Um, but Vodacom went ahead and said, "Okay, there's going to be um, you're going to pay for data rollover uh, up to I think it was 49 rand to roll over a one gig bundle." Um, not only that, you had to do the roll. You could only do the rollover within three days of the bundle expiry. Um, this headline one gigabyte bundle on Vodacom is still 149 rand. So you've already spent that, um, and then they want, wanted to charge you another 49 rand to roll it over for a period of no more than seven days. <laughs> um, you know, what's the use of that? Right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so Andrew picked this up, and um, he um, he he started tweeting about it and um, Tech Central picked it up and I think Business Insider as well. Um, we both wrote stories about it uh, and um, within, I think within an hour or two of the story appearing on, on Business Insider and on Tech Central, Vodacom pulled that web page off, uh, off its website and it then issued a short statement saying we are reviewing the fees. Uh, meanwhile, there's a huge storm going on on Twitter, um, a sort of PR thing that no major company wants to wants to see. Uh, anyway, they the long and short of it is that they partially backed down um, by the end of the week, announcing that there would be no fee for data rollover. However, they still haven't said what the data rollover period will be, so one assumes that it's still going to be the piddling seven days, whereas the other operators, I think, on average, are offering about a month. Uh, I think in some instances, telecoms offering up to six months of rollover for free. Um, um, but not only that, but then they announced that they were going to hike their prices from the 1st of April. Um, so, so not 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 their um, not, not for data rollover, but the actual you know package prices mm. on some of their contracts would be going up. Um, so, in other words, they were saying to the market, "Well, you know, okay, you can have your free data rollover for a limited period of time, but." Uh, we have to make the money back somewhere else, so we're going to hike up still prices. Still paying for it, yeah. We're still paying for it. <laughs> uh, not only that, it's still going to tra- uh, charge for data transfer to other users. Um, uh, if it's 50 megs or less, they won't charge, but um, above that, they'll charge up to 20 rand to transfer a gig of data from your uh, account to someone else's account on the Vodacom network. Uh, all the other operators offer data transfer for free. Um, uh, I, I'm on telecom, as you know, and um, I, I can transfer a gigabyte at a time, and there's no limit to the number of times I can do it. Uh, and in fact, I've been doing it because um, I've got a separate phone that I use for when I'm out running, uh, and I listen to Spotify when I'm out running based on my own um, free me bundle that I get every month. And there's no issue with transferring multiple gigs. You can you can only do it in one gig increments, but that's fine. You can just top it up, yeah. top it up when you need to, which works well. Um, so MTN, Celsi, Vodacom, sorry, MTN, Celsi, and uh, Telcom all offering free data transfer, but Vodacom charging for it. Um, I just, I, I, they, I think they really just fell flat on their faces over this one. They really fumbled it, and um, and they, while they have backtracked to some extent, um, it's still not consumer friendly. 
No, no, it's not. Well, we certainly know that these companies are fighting to the death over this very, very important commodity. That, well, that's soon going to become more than everything. You know, data is is really the thing that mm. they need to secure to, I guess, to um, to plan their future business because this really is uh, what everybody wants: data mm. on their phone. Because we consume so much for everything we do. Yeah. But I think they're missing a key. We'll all use more data if it's just friendlier for us to use and we don't yeah. feel like we are getting screwed over, right? In, in many respects, Vodacom has become the new telecom. Um, remember in the old bad old days when telecom was a monopoly and, uh, mm. and, and, and in the early days of ADSL, the prices were insane. I think when they launched ADSL, they gave they, – um, you had three gigabytes of data a month after which they hard-capped you and you had no option to top up. Um, Eventually, oh, good old days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? And, and for that privilege, they were charging 680 rand a month um, for for a. Oh. I think it was a 512 uh, kilobit per second ADSL connection. Oh yeah, offering three three gigabytes a month for 680 rand a month. That was, that was the original ADSL, and and a lot of people signed up for it, me included, because well, there was, it was nothing the else. Best of what we could have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, you still get the impression that Vodacom, that Vodacom has kind of become like the the new telecom, and that they, you know, they treat um, data as this precious commodity that has to be um, um, measured out in, in small servings and, and sold at high prices to customers. Um, that's not the right model anymore. Um, the model should be uncapped, and I agree. In mobile, in mobile, uncapped is difficult, and if you're a big operator with limited spectrum, you can't really do that. But you know, I think this model of of charging high prices for relatively small bundles is over, and I think telecom is leading the way in this regard. And and sure, again, fair enough. Uh, telecom has fewer customers on its network. It, I think it has access to more spectrum, although it doesn't have nine hundred megahertz spectrum. But it's showing a much more consumer friendly approach about it. You get a large data bundle. It's data led at a reasonable price. Um, and I think Vodacom is going to lose customers as a result of this playing hardball and this anti-consumer approach. And, and they deserve to. They need. Mm. I think consumers need to vote with their feet and go to operators that are um, that don't penalise them so severely and and have more consumer-friendly policies when it comes to things like these ICASA regulations. Oh yeah, and I mean consumers certainly have a lot of choice now. Only downside is if you're locked into a contract, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, try and avoid that if you can. I think that's a message. Yeah. It's been the case for a long time now. Don't lock yourself into a contract unless you can help it. But then people see these beautiful, shiny new Huawei's and Apple's, and they say, "Oh man, that's so good!" But I can't pay cash for it. Ah, oh, it's just uh, you know, it's only a thousand rand a month of contract, and we sign up for twenty-four months, and that's how they get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, look, if you know what you're getting into, and I'm, I'm still happy that I did it with with this phone. Hmm. Um, as long as, you yeah, know what you, with, yeah, as long as you know what you're getting into, and uh, exactly, and, but I'm other, happy with my with my with my operator. So yeah. I, you know, I know I was going to be with them for the next two years. I didn't really have a, a, a I didn't want it to change. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, name them. You're welcome to name them. Um, well, MTN. I mean, yeah. I haven't. I've been with them since '99 or '98 or something. So yes. you know, it's um, and I'm very happy with. I haven't. Weren't they given some nice rating recently as well? That they are a very good operator somewhere. Their net, network um, is is very good. They're kind of. Um, mm. I think they're in a in a, in a neck and neck race with Vodacom to claim to be the best network in South Africa. And I think there was a report from uh, P3. Uh, just a few days ago that um, they have uh, overtaken Vodacom now, but they've invested a significant amount of money in their network. Mm. Uh, Look, let's be honest. We don't want the best. We just want consistently good with not rip off, with no rip-off pricing. Agreed. Agreed. But uh, interesting time is in it. It's a tough mobile market. It's The mobile industry is um, is mature. You know, Data prices are falling, um, not the headline rate so much. But certainly the in-bundle rates are coming down slowly but surely, not so much at Vodacom. Um, but prices are coming down. Uh, and, you know, I think companies that um, are seen to be uh, doing good by the consumer are the ones that are going to win in this market. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, that's what we want, right? Just give us – Just you know, it looks like you want to help us because we're all struggling for our rands and cents. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all we can ask for. And, and I think, you look, that once we get, uh, you know, the likes of 5G deployed in a few years' time and we have this really hot, short-distance um, short uh, wireless infrastructure, these guys are going to suffer badly if they don't retain customer loyalty. Hmm. This, is, this is definitely not going to help hmm. that brand. Yeah. 
So, lots more to talk about. Uh, View, a new streaming service. Um, do you remember the launch of OnTap TV a few years ago? Sure. Yeah, um, there's been so many come and gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> so OnTap TV was launched back in 2015, and they never really developed the platform after that. And since then, we've obviously seen the emergence of Netflix and Showmax and Amazon and others coming to this market. Celsius, Black, Vodacom's Video Play. Um, I think MTN has brought and removed some products from the market in that time as well. Um, and OnTap TV, um, it looked interesting, but they they didn't seem to really develop it. Now, OnTap TV is launched by a Hong Kong-based telecommunications company called PCCW. They're a very big company in Asia. And um, I couldn't make the, uh, the launch this uh, past week, but um, they're back now with a product called View, which I take it as a replacement to OnTap TV. It's V-I-U. And they've signed um, content agreements, interestingly, with the SABC and ETV uh, to uh, show um, local soap operas and that sort of thing, which we know are hugely popular, mm. um, combined with international content and all that sort of thing. I haven't had a proper look at Views offering. Um, I think its premium um, option costs 69 rand a month, um, or I forget the daily figure. It might be five rand a day. I think it is five rand a day, um, but, or 69 bucks a month. Five rand a day, 20 rand a week. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. Another another entrant into the, into the market. This one's really um, trying to use local content as its um, as its go to market strategy. I, I don't know how successful that's going to be, given that that local content is currently already available free to air. But I suppose this is archival content. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a demand for that. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it does. I guess it does give it a little bit of, uh, you know, if you start building up a, a stock library of all these shows that people want to watch, they're not always available, you know, post screening. I guess. Yeah. Um, no, it could work. They've got a few originals I see, but nothing that uh, jumps out at anything that I've seen. They're obviously, kind of Netflix-style local productions. Um, yeah. Seems to be a few Indian titles, uh, Bollywood-style titles. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm certainly not a customer for this. Uh, they just don't seem to have to have any titles that jump out at me. Mm. Mm, yeah. um, it's always good to have more players. Yeah, well, it's a very, very tough market, though. And um, as Celsius, we saw the Celsius results this mm. week. It's also an expensive thing. So Celsius Black, uh, which was revealed in their um, in their uh, full year results to December 31, 2018 has invested over a billion rand in content for black. It's with a B, not an M, uh, over the last two years. Uh, there's no way they've made that money back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I think anybody who's playing in this industry now needs to seriously think about their business case. And, you know, is this really the way to – is this really the business I want to get into? Because, mm. you know, the big the big names international t- uh, companies are definitely going to, to sweep the floor because they've got those big licenses that we all want. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an expensive old business. And I think the um, – you know, I think the only company in South Africa that's really – got the potential to take on the Netflixes of this world is multi-choice. Mm, mm. Uh, and, and I think even Showmax is, is, um, is, is not as strong as Netflix from a content perspective. Um, but they, you know, they have the resources, they have the potential to invest in local, local content, local productions, mm, which they're doing, mm. uh, to, um, to be seen as least as a, a, um, a strong competitor. Um, but I, you know, these, these, uh, there's a lot of these rats and mice that are launching that, um, that I think are really going to struggle. And there, there are plenty of them out there. It's not just uh, the names we've mentioned. There are many others as well. Yeah, look, I don't know what else to say on that. I'm happy with my subscription. Um, and and it's, there is always opportunity to subscribe to two or three services. So we know that the market is, is broad enough if yeah. the right titles are there. So, for example, should there be a super sport streaming channel, we know it will be wildly popular because, you know, that's a – that's something you'll subscribe along with everything else. Yes. Um, if 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 one of the if a company launches straight from the U.S. Uh, movies, for example, wow, that'll be a game changer, and 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 multi choice will shake in their boots. Mm. But um, there's definitely gap for these things. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to offer something like that, it's going to be very very expensive, and you're going to need deep pockets. And you know, who's going to do that in South Africa? Yeah, well, I mean, if you're coming with US billion dollars, uh, yeah, I suppose uh, if you're Netflix or whatever, yeah, true, that's yeah, true. exactly, yeah, yeah, and they don't need massive infrastructure, right? No, they, they don't. They just need uh, CDNs. They just need server capacity to maybe cache some of the stuff locally. Yeah, just put it in the Terraco data center, and off you go. Mm. Oh yeah, 
nice little data backup there. <laughs> but it looks like an interesting offering, and that local content might um, might might catch on. So we'll 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 see how they do. Um, they certainly didn't put the investment they needed to into the OnTap TV offering. Um, but looks like there's some some more resourcing behind View. Uh, so I, I wish it every success. Mm. Look, what we really need from sorry, and just one last thing. What we really need from these guys is to to support local producers to produce content for these channels. Yeah, um, you need to stimulate the industry that you because you know they you have to ask a lot of these startups how much money do they pay back to the to the industry because streaming services are so cheap. You know, they, it's like uh, streaming music. You know, mm. the, the artists don't get a lot of royalties for this. Yes. Um, unless the production is sponsored by the company uh, or, or by the broadcaster or by mm. the streaming service. Or it's something that they can sell into international markets, mm. potentially. So the last item of news I wanted to touch on this week was the um, the results from Blue Label Telecoms. And those are, of course, allied to the numbers from Celsi. Blue Label, of course, owns 45% of Celsi. Um, Blue Label share prices have been absolutely decimated since it, since it did that Celsi deal, as investors really have taken fright at just how much money Cell C might need to keep operating, um, rolling out network and staying competitive in South Africa. Um, the share price uh, this week dipped below four rand a share. I think at one point it was sitting at around 25 rand a share. So it's really been, really been hammered. Um, and they put out results this week. On the day that the results were released, the share price fell by 25.5%. The day after, um, I think it fell by another 15% at its worst point and closed down about 12%. Um, one wonders whether the, the Levy brothers who founded Blue Label are starting to regret <laughs> making this investment in Cell <laughs> C. But they, they, they were still talking up a, a solid game, saying they believe Cell C is on track to, to uh, turn a profit in 2020, even though it reported a huge loss in, this, in the 2018 financial year. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, investors are worried. Um, and the other worrying thing, of course, was that um, they've seen a decline in their revenue from uh, prepaid top-up, telecoms top-up. Um, which is has been their core, core but, uh, bread and butter business for many years. They're branching out into electric, prepaid electricity and ticketing and other sorts of things. But it is very concerning to see this decline in their in their core business. And, and one, one does wonder how much of that is um, as a result of uh, companies like Vodacom uh, looking to do more and more of those top-up uh, services electronically themselves with customers rather than utilizing Blue Label because they now see Blue Label as a competitor um, being invested in Cell C. So I think it's going to, we're going to have to wait a year or two, perhaps three, to find out whether this uh, Celsi deal uh, was one of the biggest corporate mistakes in South Africa's history. But um, right now, investors are not giving the Blue Label uh, management team the benefit of the doubt, and that share price has been absolutely battered. Um, we, we, um, I think if you're a Blue Label shareholder, you're going to have to sit this one out or get out now, um, although I think a lot of people are underwater now. But if... Uh, you know, if you bought into Blue Label at 10, 15, 20 rand a share, um, you're not going to be very happy with its current performance. And so you need to make the call. Do you do you get out now looking at what's going on at Cell C? Do you believe the management story that this is a turnaround and that it's ultimately going to be successful? Um, or do you see Cell C as a bottomless money pit that, um, that you're just going to have to keep throwing cash at? Uh, and if that's the case, do you get out? Um, it's an interesting time, and we will only really know the answer to that question, I think, in about a year or two. And I think that's our news this week. Let's move on to our regular features. Um, our winner this week, Rechat, is Elon Musk uh, for launching yeah, the. Yeah, Elon, we love Elon. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> for launching the Crew Dragon uh, craft successfully. Um, what a great video! And of mm. course, and landing in, uh, landing back on the the raft in what looked like very windy conditions. Uh, the first stage of the of the rocket, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is always amazing. I can watch that forever. I, I just I, every time they do it, I, I'm always amazed when they land land that thing safely back on Earth. I mean, isn't that the pinnacle of human engineering? Yes, because that is has for the longest time been one of the most difficult things to do to land a rocket back. It's not called rocket science for nothing, right? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but to, to land it back, or, or you know, I mean, I'm not talking about this one specifically. I'm talking about all the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's incredible stuff. But uh, this was a test flight for um, planned future manned missions. And I think they're sending up the first uh, test flight with humans on board uh, in a few months' time, if I'm not mistaken, um, which will be quite a thing to watch. Um, mm. And uh, space, SpaceX, of course, has perfected the art of uh, live streaming these things and turning them into televised events. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun to watch that. And mm. they've produced so much awesome data and telematics on screen. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, brilliant. stuff. 
And I just loved what they what they what uh, Elon Musk named the um, the the dummy astronaut that went up on on this launch <laughs> this week. Yeah. But uh, we'll we'll give the answer to that in the quiz just now. Um, so there we go. Elon Musk, our winner this week for that successful launch, and um, he, I think he's going to have an epic year with SpaceX. Mm. And our loser this week, for all the reasons that we've set out already, uh, is Vodacom. Boo-hoo, Vodacom. Boo. You really need to be more friendly towards your customers. Um, what's your pick this week, Rahat? So I've been playing with a monitor for the first – well, this is the first time I've actually played or tested a curved monitor, a proper oh, yeah. curved monitor. So this is from a company called AOC, um, and this is a gaming monitor, 24-inch gaming monitor that retails for just under 5,000 Rand, um, and it comes with FreeSync enabled. Now, as you know, Duncan, FreeSync, or uh, NVIDIA recently enabled with the, uh, one of the driver updates that FreeSync, you can use FreeSync um, like the G-Sync technology with their graphics cards, which tradition was only locked to AMD graphics cards. Oh, yeah. So now we can all, all, all the gamers who have a FreeSync compatible monitor, or most monitors uh, are compatible with the technology, um, you can get variable rate um, or variable refresh rate for your games, which just gives you a much smoother gaming experience. But this, uh, that technology aside, this curved screen is actually very nice, although I would have loved to have two of these side by side just to create that kind of wraparound yeah. uh, feeling. Now, 24 inches, it's a 1920 by 1080, so nothing too fantastic there. But for, from, a, from a gaming point of view, if, you, if you're sitting relatively close to your monitor, it's a very nice kind of immersive experience, and it's got good color saturation. So for, under, for about 4,800 Rand, I think it's a, it's a pretty decent buy if you're, into, uh, if you're looking for a good gaming monitor. Is it a 144 hertz refresh? Yeah, 144. Um, so all of the gaming one or gaming monitors with the free sync will be a 144. Oh, right. It needs to, it yeah. needs to be able to to do the very well to to ramp up to a decent frame rate yeah. at least. Yeah, I still see one of these 144 kilohertz monitors uh, running a game. I must um, I must pop through to Mustek or one of the computer retailers soon to have mm. a look at uh, what all the fuss is about. Um, Look, it, 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 it's it's. Uh, I mean, for day to day, it obviously won't mean much. But if you if you know a specific game and you've been playing it a lot, and you switch to to adaptive sync or G sync or free sync, um, you'll notice a, a much smoother. Like it feels like the game's been updated. It just feels yeah. like the game is a little bit smoother, more responsive. It's, okay. it's quite strange. I'm not saying every game works as well, but PUBG and Battlefield that I play, they they work pretty well with um, that technology. Okay, um, and it makes for a nice gaming experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the era of, of immersive large screen, perhaps curved screen, perhaps ultra widescreen 4K gaming at 144 hertz refresh uh, uh, and HDR enabled. Um, that's going to be very cool. But I think that the, the investment you need to make to, to get a system like that is very high still. But it won't be in a yeah, few look, years. Yeah, exactly. But it, it depends on what you play, right? Not everything benefits from it. So um, – you know, if you if you're really into that sort of thing, yes, it, it'll it'll benefit you if you invest. It'll benefit the, the benefit you get from the games will will certainly be worth the investment if you've got some bucks. But um, starting with a free sync adaptive sync, I mean, it's they, those monitors compared to a G sync monitor isn't very expensive. Mm. So I mean, if I look at a, um, if I look at for example the Alienware G sync monitor versus the Alienware non G sync free sync version, yeah. Um, that's about the four grand difference, wow. five grand depending on where you buy it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can get a really good monitor with a great feature set yeah. um, for yeah. a good price these days. Right. So, so it's the AOC. What's the model? Um, the AOC C24G1 24-inch. Why, why, why do they never come up with cool <laughs> names for these things? <laughs> I've mentioned it before, but with these string of numbers, no one's ever going to remember them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. The larger version is called the Aegon. Look, this one might be called the Aegon too, but I couldn't find the wording on there. Um, but there's a larger version, a 31-inch version for oh, nice. just over 10,000 Rand. And I think that would be a nice one to go for. But you're looking at about double the budget. For yeah. Yeah. I'd might get, I might look at getting two of these as opposed to one big one because then yeah. you have like this weird curved dual screen setup. It could look very nice. Yeah. Why don't you get two 31s? Well, then that's three <laughs> times the original budget. So. <laughs> Right. Yeah. My pick this week, and it kind of uh, ties in with what we were talking about earlier, um, is a Showmax original. Uh, it's been out for about a month now, I think, um, but I finally got around to watching it, and that's The Girl from St. Agnes. 
Um, it's uh, set in, I think it's filmed in Ikopo in, the, in southern KZN. Ikopo, mm-hmm. to pronounce it correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's a, a kind of a murder. It is a murder mystery, who done it? Um, but it's quite well. It's quite well done, and I'm quite impressed with, uh, by it for a local production. Um, I think the acting is a little off in in places occasionally, but that's not a major detraction from it. Um, it's it's very slickly done, um, fun to watch. It's I think it's only eight episodes, um, and you, they keep you guessing to the end who murdered this schoolgirl at this private school. Um, and uh, there's a really creepy cast of characters, um, and uh, any of them really could have done it. And uh, the show keeps you guessing right to the end who who was responsible. I'm not going to drop any spoilers. Um, but oh, I'm a, I like spoilers. Give us a hint. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But, uh, it's a good show. Um, I, I would I would go so far as to say that it's the best um, local uh, Showmax production I've seen to date. In fact, they've only done two, so uh, not a huge amount to choose from. But I also did enjoy the um, uh, wed- wed- uh, Tali's Wedding Diary. That was very funny. Um, <laughs> but I think in terms of the slickness, this this one just not um, cranks it up a notch. Uh, and it's a it's a really good show. If you have Showmax and you haven't seen it yet, uh, give it a watch. It's um, good to see great local productions being being produced here in South Africa. Yeah, we definitely need more of that. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we play out with uh, our song pick, and it's my pick this week, um, let's do our quiz results. The first question: Which JSE tech stock slumped twenty five percent in one day this week after posting disappointing financial results? And that's Blue Label Telecoms. Second question, Celsius CEO Jose Dos Santos has stepped down after five years in the role. Who has replaced him in an interim capacity? And the answer is Douglas Craigie Stevenson. And Icasa took multi-choice to task this week for proceeding with its listing despite a complaint against the listing by which non-profit entity? And uh, that entity's name is Kulisa Social Group. The fourth question, SpaceX launched an unmanned crew Dragon... uh, Unmanned Crew Dragon craft from Florida to the International Space Station early on Sunday, a milestone for Elon Musk's goal of enabling humans to live on other planets. On board was a dummy astronaut. What was the dummy astronaut called? And the answer is Ripley. And uh, I'm sure everybody can guess where that's from. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) The alien movies. I I do wonder whether uh, she's going to come. What were those uh, creatures called in in the aliens movies? Those ones with the long noses that came out with their teeth dripping goo everywhere. Um, when they call, yeah, I just no, they had a name. Alien, right? They had a name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, actually watch those movies again. They, me too. They don't. They don't age. Eh? They just stay classic. They are absolutely brilliant. So my favorite was the second one, Aliens. Mm. Um, and then I think on the, I think the third one they kind of lost the plot a bit, and then they came back strong with uh, with the fourth one. I never got into Prometheus. Did you watch Prometheus? Yeah, I, I did enjoy all of them, especially in sequence. I must be honest, or at least watching them all in a, in a series. It's, yeah. I did enjoy them very much. Okay. Maybe I'll just give them another go. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, – those Aliens movies I, I rewatch every five, six years or so. And uh, I, I love them every time. They're so well done. Mm, mm. And they haven't rewatchability is high. They haven't, they haven't dated at all. And the last question in the quiz this week, Liquid Telecom said this week it has signed the first roaming client for its new wholesale 4G LTE network. And uh, the question was, who is the client? And it's MTN South Africa. And that's our show. As always, if you've got any feedback, uh, the WhatsApp line to use is 071 We love getting your feedback on that line. Uh, we don't take calls on that line, just WhatsApp messages, please. And uh, we're playing out with uh, one of my favorite artists this week. Um, he is the front man for British heavy metal band Iron Maiden. Um, but he's also had a very successful solo career. His name is Bruce Dickinson, and um, there's rumors that he's bringing out a new solo album soon, which I'm really looking forward to. Mm. Uh, but this track is off his most uh, recent album, um, the name of which I have forgotten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the track's name or the album's name? The album's name. Um, uh, actually, let me just click through to the album if I can do that here. No, I can't. But it's a great song um, off, uh, off his most recent album, which I think came out about eight or ten years ago now. So uh, he's long overdue for a new one. Um, but kind of keeping with the Elon Musk theme and the Ripley theme, um, this uh, song is about mankind's ventures into the solar system and into the broader galaxy um, and what the future might hold for humanity. It's called Navigate the Seas of the Sun. Until next time, from Rechara Masaf, cheers. Ciao, ciao.
long ago Lingers at the borders of our minds Mystery spinning in the dark In the frozen emptiness of time We were lost and we never knew Who we were, what we left behind Living half-lives, we were blind To the new frontiers that opened up our eyes To find our minds were spinning Souls entwined in a spiral dust The ancient ways that bound us Again, to give us one last chance Living in this place Staring into space we find We might share the corners of our lives Infinity runs deep Eternity that we can keep Melting through the frozen waste of time So we go and will not return To navigate the seas of 